Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the August 22nd edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This episode 170 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be recapping the past two weeks of racing, previewing upcoming action, visiting with guests Nicole Riddle and Dylan Bissett, as well as discussing whatever other motorsports topics pop into the conversation. Why isn't that doing anything? We're having technical issues already, which I kind of anticipated because it started out weird this evening. But I am standing by for our co-host, Michael Lally, to be connected to the program. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. Apparently it is taking a little while, but it shouldn't take too long. There we go. Unfortunately, we are having some issues this evening with connections. Hopefully, it gets cleared up before the end of the program. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Once again, this is episode 107 of the series. Let's go ahead and get back to room four. Hopefully, Michael is connected, and she can go ahead with her discussion of the script from here. Unfortunately, it does appear like having a couple of connection issues. So let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Ron Sound Pit Crew, if you can hear me. If not, you're going to hear this. This is Angel in Flames.
Hi, this is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Okay, once again, we're back with another exciting episode of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, episode 170, and hopefully everyone is okay now. Oh, us knocking on the wooden desk a little here. Let's go ahead and move on here. Minnesota native Jason Line won a race for Nature Day record 16th Street season on Sunday, reaching to the wire-to-wire victory at home track for the 30th annual Lucas Oil Nature Day Nationals at Greener Day National Raceway. In other racing, it was a double-up victory for Don Schumacher Racing. time in 2019, as we appreciate Top Fuel and Ron Katz Funny Car won their respective categories at the 17th of 24 events on the 2019 NHRA Million Dollar Drag Racing Series schedule. The number one qualifier used to run of 6.57 seconds at 209.10 miles per hour. Summit Racing Event Chevrolet Camaro to beat Eric Andrews 6.604 at 207.59 in the final round. His Lions 49th career victory and his first in 2019. It's the second career winning win, but Sunday marked the first time he could celebrate his own track, as his 2014 event win was completed after rain delay. Line knocked off Wally Straw, Slothlin, and Derek Kramer to finish, reach the final round. Enders, the number two ballpark, beat Shane Tugger, Chris McGay, and Seattle winner Matt Hubbard to reach her 48th career final round, but Line edged her out to grab a memorable win in front of family and friends. Very cool, Line said. As we get older, you realize these moments are going to be few and far between, less chance of them happening. So it's very special. Right now, it feels it's going to be more special later on, for sure. It's a lot of special. It was just a great weekend and fun day. You made a great car, and you want to win here and pray your friends and family. To see them and have it's super special. This place has been a big part of our lives. Again, that's an awful lot of special that happens. In the outfield, Bridget picked up a training season and it's in your career as thanks to a 3.732 at 321.04 mile per run in your Mopar Dodge Dragster. Sending your past Mike Salinas in the final round. Bridget, second career Brainerd win, knocked off Kyle Wurzel, defending event winner Billy Torrance and Seattle winner Austin Fox reached the final round. Salinas got past Luigi Novelli, Milken, and Doug Glenna to reach the final round in the fifth time in his career. Richard's victory is the first top field win of the season for DSR and the Nitro double up for the team's after rival John Force Racing in the scene in Seattle. I was proud to be the one to put the final win today for DSR, and this is the perfect time to be able to get the momentum for our season, said Richard. Looking at the timesheets, we made four incredible runs, and that's something the crew chiefs have been able to do consistently. And it's coming together at the perfect time between the race car that we have, the team, and what we're asking you to do. The car is going beautifully and I couldn't be more happy. Bunny Cars Cats 
one for the sixth time in Brainerd, going 3.946 at 324.28 in the final round in his Napa Auto Parts Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat to beat DSR teammate Tommy Johnson Jr.'s 3.947 at 319.98. This top third win in 2019 in 64th of his career. Top seat defending world champ J.R. Todd, Jack Beckman, and Sean Langdon en route to the finals. While Johnson drove past Tim Wilkerson, points leader Robert Height, and number one qualifier Matt Hagen to reach his 52nd career final. Cap Phillips' longtime rival John Force in an emotional final round in Seattle, a race that gave Force his 150th career win, but Cap rebounded in an impressive fashion on Sunday at one of his favorite races on the NHRA circuit. I had my hands full today, Cap This is a race we circle on the calendar because it's fun. But if you want to race this race and get the patient touches on your turnout. This is crucial and this is crucial, and they've done such a great job here. Both rides are equal, and really want to have your act together and even this race. I'm so happy to have great success here. I'm a great friend, Carson. The Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series continues August 28th through September 2nd with the last race of the regular season, the prestigious 65th annual Chevrolet Performance U.S. Nationals at Lucas Oil Raceway at Indianapolis. Following our interviews this evening, we're going to go ahead and recap a little bit of the Northwest Nationals that Michael Morales was able to attend to expect. But right now, we're going to get into our, our introductions as people waiting on the scene. Nicole Riddle is 22 years old from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Her background in the racing world is a little different as other racing backgrounds a little bit. She grew up in a house where her dad religiously watched every car race, but she would never get into it. It wasn't until she and Dylan started dating in 2014 that her interest in the race Hey, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you for, for coming on tonight, and thank you for putting up a little bit of technical glitches this evening, but hopefully they're yeah. all done. So, <laughs> first off, yeah, well, favorite thank you for having us. Um, my favorite track would probably have to be Bristol. Um, I really like any of the short tracks, but Bristol is probably my favorite. And what have you learned about racing the past five years that you didn't already know? Well, there's definitely more that goes into it than just going fast and turning left. Um, you know, beforehand, I just thought, oh, he's just getting in the car and, you know, going around the track, but there's a lot more that goes into it, you know, behind the scenes than what a lot of us really think. Well, let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host, Michael Lally. There's a couple of questions for you as well. Okay, so my first question, there's a new series on TV right now called Racing Wide. Have you ever watched it, and what is your opinion on the show? Um, yes, I have watched Racing Wise. Actually, me and Dylan watched it together the day after it premiered. Um, I like it. I think it kind of gives, you know, a little background info into what it's like for the significant other at the racetrack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, kind of gives you a different viewpoint, you know, than just what you see on Sundays on, you know, during the race. Yeah, and my next question, 
how has being a racer's girlfriend changed your view on motorsports? Well, my entire view of motorsports has totally changed. You know, um, I really didn't pay any mind to it beforehand. I honestly didn't even know. I couldn't have named five big tracks for you beforehand. Um, but now going to these races and seeing him race and put the work into it, um, it just gives me a new appreciation for the whole motorsports world. Um, there's a lot that goes into it that no one sees. And um, it's really cool to see him work, you know, these long hours at the shop and then go to the track and, you know, live out his dreams. So it's really fun. I really like it now. <laughs> We're going to do this evening a little bit different. We're going to be, uh, have a, a little bit of a break from you and go ahead and talk to Dylan in a moment. Okay. And then at the end of our second, we'll go ahead and come back to both of you and have a couple of questions awesome. about, feel about certain parts of motor. Okay. Hello. Hey there. As I say, our next guest this evening is Dylan Bassett. Dylan is 22 year old and Vincent Salem. He didn't just grow up watching races on TV, but instead watched his own dad started racing from eight years old, or he's racing everything from Vendelero races to NASCAR finish. First, how did you first get involved in motors? What was your first race, and how did you do it? Uh, can you say that again? I didn't hear you. How did you first get involved in racing, and what was your first race? Um, I got involved um, at a very young age, actually. Um, I grew up watching my dad race. Um, Pretty much from when I was born until I was eight years old, um, I was in the race shop watching him come home after working 12 hours during the day. He would go home and be out in the garage all night working on his race car just so he could race the next weekend. So I just grew up around it all the time. Um, And then when I turned eight years old, my dad gave me the opportunity to drive a race car. And then from there, it's just been full force racing, you know, that's all I've ever known, that's all I've ever done, really, and um, my first race was at Concord Motorsports Park, the little go-kart track in a Bandolero car. I know your brother is also involved in professional racing, uh, do you think you're the future push brothers, and which one of you is the future? Yeah, uh, me and my brother both are involved in the Xfinity Series, you know, this is our first year. Um, we're pretty competitive. Um, I feel like we both learn a lot from each other. Um, it's just there's some things that he does that's a little bit different than I am, but I feel like we're both pretty close on where we're at in our driving standpoint. And my my last question right now is I know you achieved a, a degree of fame, so I call it a little bit of earlier in the season, but you into a big sweep around the track. That was a pretty colorful, real moment anyway. Tell us a little bit more about how, how that happened. Well, see, funny you ask that. Um, there's a lot that went into that that a lot of people don't really know what happened. Um, mm-hmm. The incident that got us really involved in getting into the super truck was the caution was out because the 86 car blew up um, just a few laps before. And if you've seen the replay of him blowing up, um, we were right probably half a car length behind him, and we were dead in his tire tracks. So when he blew up, um, I had oil all over my tires, 
And under that caution, um, my crew chief was telling me to try to get them cleaned up. So I was swerving back and forth trying to get the oil off my tires. But there was just so much on them that it, they weren't coming clean. So when NASCAR decided to open pit road, um, we decided to pit. And it was kind of weird timing on how it all worked. Um, NASCAR normally doesn't open pit road until the leader hits the start-finish line and you almost make a full lap. Well, this time they opened pit road as the leaders entered turn three, which is really weird, and it just threw a lot of the timing off. And if you've seen the video, um, the sweeper truck was only 200 feet back from the entrance of pit road. So, I mean, I was just doing normal caution procedure and trying to hit pit road on the apron because it's very rare that you stay out on the racetrack and pit at the last minute under caution. And I saw, like, Justin Allgaier and a few of the other cars that were a few cars in front of me start to pit. So I just dove on the apron um, at the same spot I had all day, and there was a lot of dust there. And then next thing I know, I was in the back of the super truck. And that sounds like a little bit of Plus, the, the fact that NASCAR isn't always consistent in, their, in some of the rules. Hopefully, hopefully you, uh, you learn from that and you're able to get in yeah i mean there's definitely something that um we can learn from there you know there's a lot of things that were going on um just an unfortunate situation because we were supposed to be in bristol um this past weekend but due to all the damage that happened to the car um we weren't able to get it fixed so Unfortunately, it took us out of a, an event that we were supposed to be in, but, you know, it's just part of the learning process. You know, we're new to the series, so we're just going to keep getting after it and try to be at the racetrack a few more times this year. Oh my God, Michael, has a question for you as well. So, of everything you have raced, what has been your favorite so far? Um, I would say it would have to definitely be the Xfinity Series. Um, just the horsepower in those cars and the way that they drive, um, they're completely different than anything I've ever done. Um, going into this year, I figured that they would be pretty close to the K&N cars, but my first lap in an Xfinity car kind of blew my mind on how different they were, but I fell in love with it from the very first lap. And if you were given the opportunity to be able to change anything about the world of motorsports, what would it be and why? Um, I don't know if I would really change anything. It's hard to say because if you don't if you don't try to make something better, it may not increase, I guess, if you could say it that way. Like a lot of people try to say that the sport has gone downhill. And some of that might be because of the way that they tried to change it when it wasn't broken. Like, for instance, in 2008, I think it was, when they tried to transform into the COT cars, um, a lot of people didn't like that. And then, but they were fully committed to it. So that's what they tried to make work. So I don't. it's hard to say that I would change anything right now. Um, I know a lot of people complain about the Cup guys running with the Xfinity guys and they wish that they would change that, but from a driver's standpoint, you love when somebody like Kyle Busch 
runs in the Xfinity Series, whether he's going to beat you or not, because when you race against somebody who you could argue is the best driver in NASCAR right now, you're ultimately going to get better yourself. How do you feel about the fact they are, uh, they've taken cars out of the field for next year and also reduced the amount of, of races that the Cup can be in in the Xfinity trucks? Um, I don't really know if I agree with it, but that's not my spot to argue about that. Um, I like having 38 cars, you know, more race cars, more fun you have, I feel like. And it puts on a better show when you have more cars on the racetrack. And just like I said, I mean, when they're cutting the chances um, down to only five races that the Cub guys can race with us, ultimately, I mean, if you're going to race, you're planning to race with them one day, so you might as well race with them now and try to learn what you can from them now. My next question, next couple of questions are for both you and your friend. What's your typical race weekend like? Um, well, my race weekend is kind of a little different from his. You know, he's there all weekend, you know, at every single race he goes to from start to finish. Um, but, you know, I might not get there as soon as the pitch open and I might not make it for practice and sometimes I might not even make it for qualifying you know because being a smaller team um, we don't really fly a lot of places so you know sometimes it's me and his dad just driving up to the track Friday night before the race um, so sometimes we might be doing good to just get there you know for the race um, so mine would definitely be a little different than probably the typical significant others race weekend and even his race weekend for sure. The race weekend for me is it's actually pretty crazy. Um, like you said, since we're a small team, um, we don't fill out our roster spots like most teams do. So even as a driver, um, after practice, before practice, you know, before qualifying, I'm with the team trying to help them get the car through tech, make an adjustment. Um, it's not get in the car, drive, get out, sit in the trailer, and wait for the next practice or qualifying or whatever, you know. I'm out in the garage with the crew helping work on the race car. And how do you see motorsports changing in the next decade? Um, that's a hard question to answer um, because there's rumors um, that NASCAR in 2021 are going to the uh, cup car that looks more like an actual street car. Um, it's rumored that they're going to have all independent uh, suspension, which is really weird. Um, coming from our cars now, you know, the rear suspension is pretty much connected with the rear end housing and stuff like that. Um, but the direction that it's going, if that's the direction that they are going, you know, that's going to be a really big change for everybody. Um, I'd say that'd probably be the biggest change, you know, because just like I said earlier, in 2008, I think it was, when they went to the COT car, that was a really big step in NASCAR's development. And I think this is going to ultimately be an even bigger step if they decide to go that way. I would probably have a little bit different perspective. Um, I don't necessarily know all the car changes and everything like that, but um, from my point of view, I think our fan base is probably going to continue to grow. You know, there was a time not so long ago where 
everyone was saying, oh, NASCAR's dying, you know, no one goes out to the races, no one wants to watch anymore. But if you look at the last couple races, um, like Bristol and even Iowa that I personally went to, like, it was pretty impressive to see how many fans actually showed up on race day to watch these guys race. So I definitely don't think NASCAR's going anywhere anytime soon. Michael has one final question for both. Okay, so my final question for both of you, in one word, how would you describe life without racing? Um, I would say sad. Yeah, it would definitely not be the same. It would be very weird without racing. Yeah. I would like to thank both of you for coming on the program this evening. It was great talking to you, great being with a little bit different perspective. Um, I'm hoping to get down to Homestead this year. Maybe I'll get a chance to be in person and hopefully have a, a great evening. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. I'd like to thank Nicole Riddle and Dylan Bassett for taking time to join us on the program this evening. As I stated, I'm hoping to be down to the homestead this year. Don't know the specifics yet, but it'd be kind of cool to get on there and, and put a face to, to a name and get a chance to make them seem like interest. We're going to go ahead and go off here a little bit and spike on the program. Weeks. We'll go ahead and do a bit of a recap of the Northwest Nationals from the great days from a few weeks ago. But how was your time out there at the race? It was fun. It was busy and it was tiring and it was hectic. But I mean, that's not that's not anything abnormal for that weekend. But it was fun, and I found that the people this year were way more outgoing and way more excited to talk to us and have us pester them. So it was fun. The racing was good. The racing was really close. Um, The cars were fast. The weather was nice. And it was fun. I like it when everyone doesn't act like you're an inconvenience and instead they kind of act like they appreciate you wanting to talk to them. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And who was the, uh, what do you think your best interview was at the weekend? I you got a chance to talk to a, to a few different people. So, all of the interviews were pretty unique. They were different in their own way. But I got to say, I think the best one was the interview we did with Greg Anderson. I feel like that was our more professional interview. And I feel like that was honestly our best in-person interview that we have done thus far. Well, yeah, I have the same one with Greg Anderson. And all four of those are currently posted on the Speedway Digest Facebook page. You can find them on the Facebook.com slash SD Thursday Church is not on there. Now we'll go ahead and continue on with our racing coverage, talking a little bit more about it. 
Team Penske driver Will Power earned his first NTT IndyCar Series victory of the season, extending his streak of consecutive seasons with at least one victory to 13. This victory came in Sunday's ABC Supply 500 at Pocono Raceway, 2.5-mile track where he won for the third time in four years. Power Street is second only to Chip Ganassi Racing's Scott Dixon, who has won NTT IndyCar Series races in 15 consecutive seasons. In the number 12 Horizon Triple A, how is leading the race? Stop from 200 to 200. Steve can recover better. Power taking the lead from Dixon at lap 115 and pushing the finish 6.1 seconds before the Belgian Bay for the lightning area. The victory gave power sole possession. The lightning increased to 36. High with Leonard Bobby Hunter. Yes, right. Instead, the sprint came amid the season of my career. Over the moon, finally won the race this season. The guys working on the car, they worked the tails off this year, just had bad runs. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Great. Dixon finished second in the number nine TNC Bank Honda, giving him finishes of second, second, first, and second over the past month. Strong run coupled with the fifth place finish of Team Tank. He's Joseph Newgarden, tied in the championship chase, which has four drivers within 52 points heading to the final three races. Newgarden started the race from the pole in the number two Hitachi Chevrolet after Saturday's qualifying session was rained out. He expanded his series lead 35 points as his closest challenger, Andretti Autosports, Alexander Rossi, was collected in a first-class multi-car accident in turn two. The cars of Rossi, Real Norman Lennigan, Racing's Kumosato, and Andretti Autosports, Ryan Hunter-Bray came together in the fortune corner. In their contact related, collected James Hinchliffe, Barrow Pearson Motorsports, and series Felix Rosenquist of Drift and Racing. There was a 45-minute flag for the and all drivers were cleared of a Only Rosenquist was transported to the ground to the local hospital for further evaluation. All tests were negative, and he was released late Sunday afternoon. Rossi's crew repaired the number 27 military to Marsport but he was under conditions. The Grand JT was in 19th month in the dark. Unfortunately, the weather came, the race was called one night before we another spot, Rossi said. We have a couple of days to rebound. Race wins now. That's all that happens. Indianapolis 500 winner Simon Paganon, a team 10 key, jumped from third to first on the opening lap and led a race by 64 laps but he settled for a third-place finish in the number 22 Penske truck rental Chevrolet. Paganot is 40 points out of the series lead. Dixon is 52. It's good to be in it, said Paganot, who, like Dixon, five times in New Garden, is a former NTT IndyCar Series champion. There's three races to go, all the chances in the world for our team. We're going to keep pushing. That's what we've been doing. Just keep pushing, doing what we do, try to win races. That's going to be the name of the game until the end. I love it. Here is Ricky Santino Ferrucci tied his career best with a fourth place finish in the number 19 Fidel Manufacturing Honda. Yeah, the IndyCar Series gets back to racing this weekend with Tomorito on the Group 500 at Worldwide Technical Raceway, Technology Raceway at Gateway. NTT P1 award winning qualifying will be held Friday at 6 15 p.m. Eastern Time on NTT. Sportsnet, and being bad sauce for his IndyCar Radio Network, XM 209, Series 217, Internet, Map 970. The 48 lap race is Saturday with NBC Sportsnet's coverage beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The green schedule breaks at 5 p.m. At the end, advanced off-mars IndyCar Radio Network available on all of the leads, plus XM 209, Series 78, and Internet, slash App 970. 
Indian motorcycle racing. And I back there in motorcycle insurance and his championship winning FTR 750 and his 11th win of the 2019 season on Saturday night in Illinois. Breaking crew writer Brian Bauman was able to widen his lead to top the point standings by securing first place, while teammates Brian Bauman placed second. The top two, the two, top two finish also secured a third consecutive manufacturer championship for the motorcycle racing. It's Thursday's shiny American flat track competition. The Bauman brothers were locked in a fierce battle at the outset of the main. They remained neck and neck, each taking the lead several times early on until Breyer decisively seized control on lap nine telling himself to his fourth win of the season. Bauman's triumph ties him with defending ASP Twins champion Jared Mees for most wins in the 2019 season. Mees finished in fifth place, less than, less than a second behind Indian Motorcycle Racing privateer Robert Pearson. We're extremely proud of our team's commitment to excellence over the course of the last three years, said Gary Gray, Vice President, Racing Technology and Service for Indian Motorcycle. The manufacturer... Championship is a great honor, and to begin with three out of the gates is extremely humbling. We're excited to see our guys continue to compete for the Riders' Championship over the next five races. Two of 13 races, Fire Bauman remains the series points leader with 243 points. Mays is currently in second, 205 points, and Bronson Bauman remains third with 803. The AFT Twin season continues on August 31st and September 1st with back-to-back Springfield Miles at the Illinois State Fairgrounds in Springfield, Illinois. For IndianMotorcycle.com and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Indian Motorcycle Express Motorcycle Company. Founded in 1901, Indian Motorcycle won the hearts of motorcyclists around the world. Distinction as well as America's most legendary and iconic brands. Join Rebel Racing Dumbs and Drinking Crows. Countless innovations and industry firsts. Today, that heritage and passion is, re- is reignited on a new brand through ship. To learn more, please visit IndianMotorcycle.com. From hot, sunny days to misty mornings, the weather was a varied and interesting as the incredible field of historic racing vehicles at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca for the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. The 50th anniversary of the International Motorsports Association, IMSA, was celebrated with IMSA being the featured market at this year's event. Four IMSA-focused run groups were represented in the racing lineup. IMSA driving legend Hurley Haywood, whose career successes include three 24-hour of Le Mans titles, five Wallace 24 Daytona wins, and five season championships served as Grand Marshal. Several celebrated IMSA drivers with long history with the series were on hand for the celebration, including Parker Johnson, driving his original 1991-93 Acura Spice prototype, and Tommy Kendall, who was reunited with his 1982 Mazda RX-7 I IMSA GTU. In addition, comedian and actor Adam Carolla suited up to drive his 1979 Porsche 935 that Paul Newman drove in the 24 Hours of Le Mans and later took the title at the 1981 24 Hours of Daytona. Paddock Stage was buzzing Q&A sessions and book signings of famous authors and race car drivers. Sherman Haywood, John Morton, Sylvia Wilkinson, who's been a guest on the program, and John Hinkins. Spencer and Mark Raffau were also there to sign it, their new book, Hence the 1969 Red Day Which took the wheels of 1970 McLaren and 83 Batmobile. Demonstration maps participated in QA and our questions. 
from your Formula One Power School Race Winter 24 hours of Lamar Williams Major and Rolex Ambassador Mark Weber. Put on hand for pit lane commentary for guests of Rolex. Celebrating the past and looking towards the future, car manufacturers Audi and Lexus both partners make their North American debut at the Rolex Moderate for Fusion after the world debut at the Goodwood Cycle Speed this past month. The Audi R8 LMS GT2, the most powerful race car Audi sport customer racing introduced. Was driven by nine times 24 hours of Formula Winner Tom Christensen. Lexus revealed an LC federal prototype and the LC flagship series and Stuart, five time overall winner at the Rolex 24 of Daytona, proved the prototype for his first laps on North American soil. Seven person selection committee chose the best for 14 different run groups. Cars ranged in age from a 1911 National Speedway Roadster and 1911 Fiat S74 to a more recent 2014 Lola Toyota Rebellion LMP1 prototype and included a full field of 56 Formula Fords representing the very first IMSA race in 1969. There's been a lot of news in the past few days about IMSA and some of the good, some of the bad, some of the just sort of weird. Um, but the most important news apparently from in the in the LMP one category. Currently and they're also currently running in the uh in the Daytona project category, that's their main thing. Um they're going to end up having a severe change in the in the racing at the end of the season as their primary driver and team owner has decided to retire from racing full time. So that will be interesting to see how that works in the future. The statement he gave was was not entirely clear. Um, there may not be a core autosport race team next season. If there is, it'll be totally different. They're probably not going to be running a Nissan prototype anymore. And a lot of that, I believe, is because Nissan's market share has gone way down. Their stock price has dropped off dramatically. And I think they're providing enough support in racing now to to put out a uh, a thing with two wheels, let alone four. Um, so that's that's one of the more interesting news things that came out today from IMSA. Shopping block apparently in the International Motorsports Association for next season. It looks like Magnus Racing might be ending the run after the the race of the team them off. Um, again, it's the owner of the team, who's a, a gentleman driver, uh, who's probably not going to be racing anymore after the team them off. a long history. So it's kind of interesting to see how that's going to go. Um, I am going to be at the 24 Hours of Daytona next season, which is the first race at the International Motorsports Association for the 2020 season. Uh, so I will be, be doing a full report on the, on the changes happening in Minnesota over the next few months. And it might not be as big a field as I was originally hoping at the race. So it'll be a good race. And we'll see how that goes. Definitely a lot of changes happening in the International Marshall Association. As we stated a little bit earlier, there's some changes that are going to happen in NASCAR next season. Uh, the are going to be changed in Xfinity as well as in the Truck Series. The amount of uh, races that the Cup Series regulars can compete in both the, the Xfinity Series as well as the Truck Series is being reduced. Uh, there's going to be some horsepower changes. Those are probably worked out later. Uh, so. A lot of changes in racing, as there always is at this time of year, going into the next season. So, it's always an interesting time to be listening to Motorsports News, and hopefully you 
tune into this program every week and give you a little bit of a slice of what's going on in the quarter So, what's going on in your section of the of the country in the world of Mars for Any exciting? What's the next race you're going to be going to? Well, we're going to be going to Portland next weekend for the Grand Prix. That'll be interesting. We went to the Demolition Derby at the fairgrounds last weekend, which was fun. I can't believe they don't require them to wear fire suits when they drive those cars, but that's just whatever. I guess that's what makes it more hardcore. Um, Yeah, we... I don't know. I had the option of having my significant other get his boat going or to get his race car going because there's a big race at Hermiston in September. And I don't know. Things things are happening. They're not as happening as I would like them to be. Um yeah, but my whole family's getting into eye racing, so everyone's got their own steering wheels on their way, and so yeah, I guess we're gonna start checking that out, see where that goes. But yeah, nothing too major. You should go to the uh, into the demolition derby racing thing yourself. You got the helmet. You all set. Yeah. Um. I don't know. They. Yeah. I've honestly thought about it, and I've thought that it would be a lot of fun, but they really are vicious. Like, they are out for blood, and I just don't know if little old me could handle that. Oh, did you see the, uh, they have a highlight of the uh, school bus race going around that place. The school bus came pretty close to the the grandstand. They need to stop the work out there. They're always putting up there. That was a pretty intense thing. So yeah, I saw that video, and they're really lucky that bus didn't do more damage than it really could have. But mm-hmm. it definitely looked scary. Yeah, I know. There's some pretty, pretty intense racing going on in the, in the small town series with school buses and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Really cool to see, but I think in in some cases the tracks might need to improve their safety a little bit so that it's not as a, not as scary for those things that might that might happen. Yeah, I don't. It's an awesome idea. It's a really cool idea, but I also feel like, like you said, they really need to figure out something to improve safety. I don't know, just watching that one bus hit the wall like that just kind of really put it all into perspective, I think. Well, be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Speedway Digest. Unfortunately, the Speedway Digest Radio Network.com website is still offline. That should be restored sometime this week. Information on that. As soon as it's sent to me, I will send it on to either through the, the program here or through the Facebook page or both. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest. There's nine hundred to search for. Also, invite you to read all the articles covering aspects of our sports at SpeedwayDigest.com. 
this past week, I've had a lot of opportunity to post more news on the Speedway Digest, the Speedway News section, as well as on the Racing News section, SpeedwayDigest.com. Sure, check that out. In addition, if you're a sad fan of South Florida and Houston, be sure to check out Place News and Information about Classic Paradise at Football Clubs as they find Houston on Facebook. Again, searching for Football Clubs from Classic Clubs, Twitter at Football Clubs, and by heading to HTTP. Report from the fantastic sign Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. And next week should be a great show. Our guest next week is scheduled to be Bobby Labonte, former NASCAR Cup champion. Bobby Labonte, currently head of the Bobby Labonte Foundation. He does a lot of charity work. Does a lot of bicycle racing, and he is also a host on on a NASCAR view show. You can also find a bunch of different different things all around racing. So it's going to be awesome. We hope you tune into that program. Thanks again, and have a great week.